Association. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> we uh, we've had uh, quite a bit of fun on the devotions the last couple of days. I'm in Leviticus where. Uh, we're reading on what you, you were, what the Jews were allowed to eat and what they were not allowed to eat. I am very grateful that they were not allowed to eat bats. Uh, that's a good thing. I, I think I can live with that Jewish law still today. You didn't have to eat anything that crawled around on its belly, so snakes were not allowed, so that's a good thing. Uh, anything with more than four legs, you didn't have to uh, eat so ants and tarantulas are out. So, anybody ever had a fried tarantula? Hmm. I thought, knowing you characters, somebody would have had one. But <clears throat> how about chocolate-covered ants? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Were they real, Carol? Oh, they fooled you. Okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> but they were allowed to eat all kinds of locusts, locusts and beetles, and what was the other one? Grasshoppers. So I heard, though, if you eat the grasshopper, you really need to chew up the legs because they're kind of like a fishbone and they can get stuck. So, <clears throat> <laughs> <clears throat> all right, we're at... However, we're not there today. That's in Leviticus. We're in Haggai, page 1,515 in my Bible. All right. <clears throat> so we have been uh, looking at the messages that Haggai had been uh, preaching to them. And um, <clears throat> we saw the first message was chapter 1. And... Uh, the the theme of that message was to make sure that you put God first. And uh, truly, these these are um, messages that we need to hear today. That this is the hope for America is if we could uh, get back to doing these things also. And and obviously, it needs to come from those who are believers first, and then we'll see what happens from there. But God can use us to make a big impact on this country, and then. We got into the second message, that was in chapter 2, <clears throat> the first nine verses, and we looked at that last week, and that is seek God's glory, and so we need to <clears throat> make certain that we are seeking God's glory in, in uh, all that we are doing, and, and uh, make sure that that, <clears throat> that is a priority in our lives, and uh, make sure as believers that we're always putting God first, and that we're always seeking God's glory in the things that we're doing. <clears throat> now we get into uh, verses 10 through 19. This is the third message, and then the the last message is verses 20 through 23. And uh, I almost put them together tonight, and I thought, no, we're not going to. We'll just do uh, the third message tonight, and then the fourth message, Lord willing, next week. But um, this one is uh, blessed obedience. We, we need to learn to obey what uh, God's Word says, and, and do the things that uh, God tells us to do and, and live that way and, and uh, walk with Him and, and uh, 
will just find God to uh, be honored and glor- glorified in all of that. And the, the reason being, as we are obedient to him, we are different. I, I mean, re- remember in First Peter, it says that we are a chosen, chosen nation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. And uh, that word peculiar has the idea of being set apart. And, and we are different. And we, we, don't, we don't have to work at being different. All we have to do is just be obedient to God's word, and we will be different. And that's what we want to do. And all throughout Scripture, in, in uh, uh, Leviticus, I was reading this uh, <clears throat> the other day, in, uh, a couple of days ago, in Leviticus chapter 10, and uh, this is what he said in Leviticus 10 and verse 10, uh, uh, <clears throat> here, here we see that uh, uh, he, Moses had, had uh, um, just consecrated uh, Aaron and his sons to the priesthood. Uh, we see that in the first part of chapter 10, Nadab and, Bi- uh, and Abihu, who were uh, sons of Aaron, had uh, offered strange fire. I have no idea. I, I in the commentaries that I've read so far, there's just guesses or speculation on what they did. But obviously, they did something wrong in the offering, and those two men were killed. And uh, God actually called out Aaron and told Aaron, "You will not leave here. You're, you are not going to leave your duties in the tabernacle at this time." And you're not going to grieve like other people grieve, and you are going to continue to do what you are supposed to do because uh, obviously God was just in what he did and, and a very hard thing to swallow, I'm sure. But, and, he, and he told Aaron, you are different, and this is what he said in verse 10 of Leviticus 10, and that you may put difference between holy and unholy and between unclean and clean. And then he says it several times, but over in, in Leviticus chapter 20, in verses 7 and 8, uh, he tells them there, he says, Sanctify yourselves therefore, and be ye holy, for I am the Lord your God. And ye shall keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord which sanctify you. Now, I know talking to the Jews in the Old Testament, much of that foundation uh, was dealing with the Jewish nation. However, we also know that over in the uh, New Testament, in First Peter, uh, writing to all of us, Gentiles included, he quotes that verse, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And, and we need to, to be serious about that and, and be serious about uh, living for God. And, and uh, even uh, Solomon, whenever they... Uh, dedicated the temple, and, and Solomon asked the question, who here is willing to consecrate uh, their service to the Lord? And we need to take it seriously about serving God and, and doing the things that, that God wants us to do. And uh, let's make sure that we are <clears throat> uh, living for him and, and uh, uh, doing the things that he wants us to do. So I'd like you to turn back, if you would. I haven't been going to this, but in Ezra. If you would turn back to the book of Ezra, and I want to read a few things here, and, and it might take a little bit, but uh, maybe this will help you to understand all the things that are going on at this time. 
and I'll, I'll read quickly, but in chapter 3, we'll start with verse 1. And when the seventh month was come, and the children of Israel were in the cities, the people gathered themselves together as one man to Jerusalem. Then stood up Jeshua, the, the son of Josadak, and his brethren the priests, and Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and his brethren, and builded the altar of the God of Israel to offer burnt offerings thereon, as it is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. And they set the altar upon the bases, for fear was upon them, because of the people of those countries, and they offered burnt offerings thereon unto the Lord, even burnt offerings morning and evening. <clears throat> and so uh, here we, we see that this is when the group has first come back. And remember, they were, they were coming back to rebuild the temple. And so they, they get the foundation of the temple built, and then they, they build the altar, and, and they start making these sacrifices and burnt offerings, and, and, uh, uh, <clears throat> and, and it was even collecting money during all of this time. And so we see that they were doing exactly what God had called them to do. And they were doing that. Verse 8, now in the second year of their coming unto the house of God at Jerusalem, in the second month began Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Josadak, and the remnant of their brethren, the priests and the Levites, and all they that were come out of the captivity, uh, captivity unto Jerusalem, and appointed the Levites from 20 years old and upward to set forward the work of the house of the Lord. Then stood Joshua with his sons and his brethren, uh, Cadmiel and his sons, and the sons of Judah together to set forward the workmen in the house of God, the sons of Hinnadad with their sons and their brethren, the Levites. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priests in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the son of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord, because he is good, for his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid." But many of the priests and Levites and chief of the fathers who were ancient men that had seen the first house when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes wept with a loud voice and many shouted aloud for joy so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout and the noise was heard afar off. And, and so here we see the beginning. We see the they're, they're all excited, and yes, there are those that uh, there's, I don't care, whatever you're doing, there's always going to be critics, there's always going to be naysayers, and there's always going to be those who will try to hinder and diminish the work of God. It's just the way it's always been. And, and so you, you have to just continue to move forward and, and continue to do what it is that you need to do. Well, you get into chapter 4, and now, Ezra chapter 4, now we see that the rest of the world that's around them, the, the worldly characters, are, are going to start ganging up on them. Now when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the children of the captivity builded the temple unto the Lord God of Israel, then they came to Zerubbabel and to the chief of the fathers and said unto them, Let us build with you, for we seek your God as ye do, and we do sacrifice unto him since the days of Asher Haddon, king of Asher, which brought us up hither. But Zerubbabel and Joshua and the rest of the chief of the fathers of Israel said unto them, You have nothing to do with us to build a house unto our God. 
But we ourselves together will build unto the Lord God of Israel as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, hath commanded us. And uh, uh, again, you know, the, there are times where the world will want to get involved and, and they wanted to get involved in this. And Zerubbabel pulled and Joshua said, eh, you know what, that this is for us to do and this isn't for you to do. And, and we're going to do this. Well, and, and so then we see that there are letters sent and the lawyers are brought out and and uh, all of that, and, and in verse 23 of chapter 4, Now when the copy of King Artaxerxes' letter was read before Rahum and Shimshai the scribe and their companions, they went up in haste to Jerusalem unto the Jews, <coughs> excuse me, and, and made them uh, to cease by force and power, then ceased the work of the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. So it ceased under the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. 16 years it sat dormant and so and and they let the world bully them into doing that and and and, uh, stop building as they should and so now we come to 16 years later and we get to chapter 5 verse 1 then the prophets Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Iddo uh, prophesied unto the Jews that were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel even unto them then rose up Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, and Joshua, the son of Josadak, and began to build the house of God, which is at Jerusalem, and with them were the prophets of God helping them. So we, we get to that, and now uh, remember those two verses in chapter 5. Haggai the prophet comes. You have the first message that he preached to them, and, and we already saw that in the second year of Darius the king in the sixth month. And then in chapter 2, we saw the second message was in the seventh month. And, and now we have uh, verse 10, he's going to be preaching in the ninth month. And so now the, the, the third message in a, in a four-month period that Haggai is bringing to them. And, and so now this one is he's telling them that you need to be obedient to God and do this and step up and move forward and do what you are supposed to do. And so first of all, in 10 through 14, he talks about the corruption of sin. In the 4 and 20th day of the ninth month in the second year of Darius came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Ask now the priest concerning the law, saying. So he tells Haggai, I want you to go to the priest. And I want you to ask them two questions. The first question, he says, now, he says, If one bear holy flesh in the skirt of his garment, and with his skirt do touch bread or pottage or wine or oil or any meat, shall it be holy? And the priest answered and said, No. All right, so, so what he's doing is, if a man is carrying holy flesh that is meat that he is taking to use for the sacrifice, okay, and, and uh, he is sanctified, meat is sanctified, can he, can he transfer the sanctification uh, to, to whatever it is that he touches? And the priest said, no, you, you can't, that, that's the only thing that's set apart. And just because it touches something else doesn't make it sanctified too, doesn't make it holy, okay? And, and you'll see what, what he's getting to in, in, in just a moment, okay? So then he comes, and then uh, he, he uh, asks the second question. Then said Haggai, if one that is unclean, 
by a dead body touch any of these, shall it be unclean. So, and in the, the law, if you touch something that was dead, you touch something that was unclean, you're defiled, okay? And then if you touch anything after you've been defiled, you defile whoever you touch, all right? And so, and the priest answered and said, it shall be unclean. So if a man is defiled when he touches a corpse, can he transfer the defilement to others? Yes, he can. And so here's the thing. Sanctification has to be an individual act, and it has to be an individual choice that each one of us will make that commitment to follow God and do the right thing and obey God. And, and I can't do that for you, and you can't do that for me. However, if I want to live in sin, and, and I want to walk around and, and be carnal in my behavior, guess what? My defilement can rub off on you and how careful we need to be. And that's what he's telling them, because then answered Haggai and said, So is this people, and so is this nation before me, saith the Lord, and so is every work of their hands, and that which they offer there is unclean. Look, for 16 years you guys have come down here, and, and you started doing what you were supposed to, and you let the world bully you into not doing what you were supposed to do, and God never told them to stop doing it. And so the, the government, the, the king said, hey, you need to stop it. Can I tell you that if God was in it, then God would have continued to build it. And he would have protected them. He did it through all many other years and many other times. And, and here they chose not to. And now for these 16 years, they've been living the life. I mean, they, they just go out and focus on themselves and building their houses and working their jobs and building their own little empires. And, and one attitude started that, and then guess what? It rubs off to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. And that's why it's so important that, that we understand that, that the, the sanctification has to come individually, but boy, if one person is carnal and one, one is rotten in the barrel, it can rot the whole barrel. You know how careful we need to be, guys. And the corruption of sin and, and being careful of that. And, and, the, and the application of this is, is that disobedience renders even sacrificial worship uh, uh, unacceptable. And so here we need to make certain that we understand. You know, we were looking in uh, uh, Sunday School Sunday about um, uh, pride. Well, can I tell you that there's about only one other thing that God hates as much as pride, and that's disobedience, and how careful we need to be. And then remember the consequences of it, verses 15 through 17. And now I pray you, consider from this day. And that word consider, we see it used all throughout this uh, short book of two chapters, and, and it's a command, and it's direct your mind and direct your heart, Okay. And, and make certain that from this day and upward, from before a stone was laid upon a stone in the temple of the Lord, since those days were, when one came to the heap of twenty measures, they were but ten. When one came to the press fat for to draw out fifty vessels out of the press, there were but twenty. And, and why? Why is it that, that all of a sudden your, your harvest weren't bringing in what they used to bring in? Why is it that your bags had holes in it and, and you never had enough money? You, you had more month than you had money. That's just what he was saying. And, and, and you, 
you don't have enough food, and, and you're, not, you're not seeing all of your needs met. Why is that? Well, God says, I smote you with blasting and with mildew and with hail in all the labors of your hands, yet ye have turned not to me, saith the Lord. You know, you, you thought you'd been living it up in your sealed homes and everything, and you haven't had near what God wanted to give you because you have not been obedient to God. You know, some people are just, I, I don't know, I think sometimes we're, we're willing to just take the, the slop in the pig pen and, and think, well, we're getting by, so I guess that's all we're going to get. When, when in actuality, if you wanted to live obediently, God would be taking so much better care of you. And boy, there are a lot of times where we have to get in that pig pen and get dirty until we realize that we need to look up and let him deliver us from that. And he's saying, you need to remember the consequences of your sin. And then verses 18 and 19, consider the blessings of obedience. Consider now from this day and upward, so from now on, as Haggai, Haggai is preaching this, he says, from this day forward, as you are moving forward to rebuild the temple and do what you, you are supposed to do, from the 4 and 20th day of the ninth month, even from the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider it. Lay it to heart, guys. Is the seed yet in the barn? Yea, as yet the vine and the fig tree and the pomegranate and the olive tree have not brought forth from this day, will I bless you immediately. God said immediately, I will bless you for your obedience. And, and, and so we see that, that from that time on, then God does bless them. He mentions this over in Malachi uh, chapter 3, <clears throat> and I'll end with this. Malachi 3, verse 10 through 12. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough so to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed. For ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. You know, the, the thing is, put God to the test. Just put him to the test. Obey him. Do, do everything that you possibly can that you know to do according to the word of God. And don't hold back. Just go totally after what you know that God wants you to do. Trusting him with all of those things. Put him to the test and see what he'll do in your life. He does bless. And, and, and I'm not talking, don't, don't cheapen it by thinking that, well, you'll become wealthy because of that. Sorry, I don't, I, you don't measure God's blessings with money. You can't, buy, you can't buy the blessings God gives you. But he'll meet your needs, and he, and he will take care of that. But he'll bring you a peace in your family, and, and, and he'll do something in your, in your children's lives, and he'll do something in your marriage, and, 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 and he'll do things in your family that you've never seen happen before, and God can and will do that if we just obey him and walk with him. The hope for America lies in the life of every believer saying, God, you're going, you, you are first. I, I, want to, I, I want to put you first in everything. I want to glorify you, and I want to obey you. And as we do that, God can do some great things in our lives, in our community, and in our country. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. 
I pray you encourage and guide each one of us and lead us home safely, meet the needs that we have. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great evening.